Your martial arts movie podcast. Aha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I don't come through. You know, baby. Fists of fail. You don't have a drink on you, Zero? I do not. I don't have a drink. Uh, why? Is it because you don't want to drink and drive? <laughs> uh, man, how long were you holding that one in for? <laughs> Since we started, before I even watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're like thinking, you're like, okay, what's a good drive joke? What's a good drive joke? <laughs> I had that joke in me for like two weeks already. <laughs> it's like, when can I use it? Ah! <laughs> Uh no and and no we are not talking about the Ryan Gosling movie 2011 mm-hmm. so whoever wants to make that obvious joke the you know the we're just gonna nip that in the bud before we you you can even mm-hmm. spell that out um, well surprisingly enough the two movies share a connection what uh the main bad okay, guy in in uh our drive 1997 Mark uh-huh. Dacascos's film uh John Piper Ferguson apparently he's also in the oh yeah. Ryan Gosling drive? He's like some redneck character or something. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All so right. There is a link. There, <laughs> there is a small link. Okay. There. He's right, he's bearded right. he's bearded redneck. <laughs> Interesting. Well, um well if we're talking about links, we can link this movie to some previous films that we've already covered in our podcast. So uh the obviously the the main action star is Mark Dacascus, right? Mark Dacascus, who we've covered in a previous movie, Only the Strong. But we haven't covered him in in great detail yet, so we wanted to expand our repertoire uh, with this quote-unquote hidden gem. But the the stunt coordinator, the action coordinator, uh, is Koichi Sakamoto, who I looked him up on IMDb, and he was... I mean, if you watched any of the... Uh, watch any of the making of so for this movie, you'll, you'll see that you know he has a lot of talent in him when, when it comes to the stunts performances, right? So when he's in in his heyday, he's also done a couple movies that we've already covered. So one of them was um, uh, Power Rangers Turbo, which you weren't there for. Oh, okay, yeah, I was not. Yeah, there you weren't there yet. for that, and he was also there for Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So we're off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, okay, but joke, all jokes aside, um, actually, the action in this movie is not nearly to that those movies caliber. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, Beverly Hills Ninja is a very, very high bar to uh, you know try try to stand up to or you know jump over. Sure, so, uh, I I don't fault the movie for trying. You could definitely see where the movie's trying to rip off Beverly Hills Ninja <laughs> multiple, multiple times. Look, if it's, uh, what's his face, uh, um, Farley, if, if Farley's trying to jump over that bar, it doesn't matter how low that bar is, he'll still triple over it and fall on his face. <laughs> but we're not talking about fucking uh, Beverly Hills Ninja today. We're talking about Drive, the predecessor to Rush Hour. And I only say that. Oh, yeah. I only say that be- not, not, not to. Um, not not as if like there's some so it's some sort of like sequel or prequel or whatever. It's the spirit the spirit of drive you can see in Rush Hour because yes. let's see let, let let's throw ourselves back into the 90s. So 
or like any time before the 90s in, in Hollywood cinema, uh, action cinema, if you're going to have martial arts in it, there's like a certain rhythm to it and, or rhythm, a, a certain kind of like action direction that uh, Hollywood films had. And I think Drive is probably one of the first outside of outside of like a Jackie Chan or a um, or a Jet Li film at, at the time that was a Hollywood produced film that actually featured something that was more along the lines of what a Hong Kong produced action film would do, uh, would, would make, right? And like, yeah. what, I'm, what I'm getting at is, you know, the, this film almost feels uh, very reminiscent of what you'd see in a Hong Kong action film. You know, like the, I mean, well, that was what to? they were, that was what they were constantly aspiring to do. Uh, if you watch that making of that, like that's, you know, they just kept on saying like, we want to make a Hong Kong action movie. Yeah. You know, that that's, you know, in a, on an American production. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, so they were trying to replicate a Hong Kong action movie, but the stunt team was all Japanese. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hey, you know, as long as you have talent, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't yeah, matter. No, no, I, I think uh, one of the things that's really admirable about this film is you can see where they're pulling a lot of Hong Kong references from. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't match it one to one. They kind of deviate in a few places, but like you know. You you can see the influence and it's uh, it's nice. Sure, sure, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, you will. We'll definitely talk about it because I, I definitely see references to other films in this one. Yes, and I think a lot of that is attributed to not only Koichi Sakamoto in the film, uh, being the stunt coordinator, uh, and on not and also Mark Dacascos, who was a huge Jackie fan. Uh, going to the you know he signed up for the film because he knew what this movie was aspiring to do. But also of the director Steve Wang, who um, oh man, like what else has he done? Uh, I, I, I had it memorized before, I'm trying to remember it now. Um, he did oh, Giver, yes, yes, yes Giver, Dark Hero. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Um, yeah, and w the only reason why I want to talk about that even briefly is because of the the famous Giver kick that Scott Atkins is known for. Um, yep. You know, like Steve Wang was associated to that movie, so you know, like it all comes full circle. You know, like this the martial arts mm -hmm. cinema world is smaller than we think. Um, but anyways, so Steve Wang was like a huge martial arts fan, so he wanted to grab the best elements of Hong Kong cinema and produce this film well, when producing this film. Uh, I, I know that this movie was straight to DVD or straight to video, I guess. So maybe the release wasn't as wide as it, they anticipate or expected. But, you know, uh, I think this movie has enough of a cult following that, you know, if you, I mean, obviously everyone knows Rush Hour. They go, they rush to Rush Hour because that's the movie that um, you know. Well, it has Jackie Chan, so like you really can't beat the OG. Um, but you know, if you're talking about a movie that uh, is a little bit more low budget, I think that you know this movie, you know, like, it, it's cute. You know, it, it, I don't know if "cute" is the best word to describe it. Well, it's it's really good what they were able to do with like such a low budget because it doesn't it doesn't feel like low budget, and I wouldn't have known that until I was watching that making of where they the director was working twenty two hour shifts like for what only six weeks to get it done i was like geez man that's crazy yeah, yeah. and uh it it looks like a 90s hollywood film you know like they didn't you know they're not doing two million two million one million dollar budgets like they do now where everything's so slick and polished this looks like something that was made very fast and i don't mean that in any sort of negative way like you can just see where it, it was probably just rushed yeah, along yeah. So we we talk. I don't know if it's a we we talk negatively about Hollywood films uh, by the way that they're created by nature. But I mean, uh, 
based off of what we say before, uh, said before, uh, you know, like you can produce something incredible with a very small budget and within this short time frame if you just have the right mindset uh, behind the whole project, right? Um, but uh, I, the one part where I'll play devil's advocate towards that is that Hollywood films, especially earlier ones, they didn't want to spend too much effort into a lot of the stunt work because you know, uh, you know, like you don't want to endanger your actors, and that's always something that's very difficult when it comes to hiring an, uh, a main star who can actually do his own stunt work. It's hard, you know, like it, those are really hard to come by. Um, and you know, you want to make sure that you don't endanger your performers. So you know. With that compounded on the fact that they didn't have a budget, you know, like the the product that we actually got is not, you know, it, it's it's doubly impressive. You know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's uh, it it kind of looks at at certain moments, it looks like it was just it could be a Hong Kong film with American actors, like you know, like they they swapped it around. But yes, this is an American production. Right. Well, that is until they start speaking Chinese, in which case I'm like, oh, okay, they're clearly American. <laughs> <laughs> uh zero what is this movie about <laughs> oh boy because it's not about uh, driving it's, it is it's not about <laughs> driving un- unfortunately uh th- this is one of your typical i have i have some sort of uh implant in me that gives me superhuman powers and now the people who made it are want to get it back with a you know so with a anti-chinese uh, communist government's message behind the movie <laughs> oh yeah that that was uh you know the the z plot <laughs> in this movie yeah they, they don't shy away from it and also this movie was released in 97 so it was right mm-hmm. around the time of the well, like literally during the time of the chinese the hong kong handover to um back to china from the british right so the director being taiwanese you can tell he's inserting his his own political ideals into the movie you know because he they talk about the Chinese, the, the the handover, and also, well, the main character used to work for the the, the red Chinese, as they say it in the in the movie, and that's <laughs> very derogatory, like the way that they say it, um, has like a negative connotation to it, it's, you know. So the movie has like a you know a little bit of a political thing to it, but it's it's obviously super subtle. I yeah, I mean, I didn't really dwell on it. It's it's in like a few lines here and there because of uh, Mark Dacascus's love interest. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> Mark Dacascos is a love interest. You mean uh, Kadim, the hardest? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You know, this. It, it's funny that we, you know, we mentioned Rush Hour. Yeah, like if you see, if you watch Rush Hour, then you watch this. You can see how this was kind of almost like a prototype to that movie. That's a great way to describe what, it. Yeah. What Rush Hour did with the buddy comedy formula that I think makes it stand out is you have, uh, you know, there, there's been many buddy cop. Uh, formula movies before way way before this not just uh you know black and white characters um uh, well not black you know, and asian now <laughs> yeah now it's black and asian and you know sure you you have you we've seen that dynamic before but i think what rush hour did so well is you have the buddy cop but then you also have the fish out of water so it's you're adding those you're compounding those two things together to make something like uh un- unique yeah. out of mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. right so unfortunately so unfortunately for this like no- nothing against uh Kadim, uh, the actor who plays uh, Malik or, or Malik, excuse me, in this in this film, it's just that uh, like Mark Dacascos has no character in this movie. Yeah. So so a lot of the a lot of the character uh, comes from you know his partner, quote unquote uh, Malik. But I don't know, like his drive as a character, <laughs> it doesn't really doesn't really do much for the story. You know, like 
we get to know so much of his backstory, but that's a B plot to them being chased by these uh, by this corporation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 we're gonna compare this a lot to Rush Hour because uh, I, we're not we're probably not the first people to to have noticed that. Um, but I, the, the the dynamic between Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan is so you know it's so believable. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like maybe you know maybe. Well, they had they had such a good chemistry on screen and then off screen. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they became really good friends mm-hmm. from that movie, and and it's and it shows like it shows when you watch yeah. it. In this, you know, it's just it's two actors who got together. I'm sure they were nice right, right. Uh, off camera, but still, like there's there's no chemistry, but they're not really written to have it so much either sure. so that's kind of a problem with the script right yeah, yeah i think that's the point i was gonna get at it's just the way that the, the plotting is you know it's it doesn't really give room for them to be you know be, become buddy like best buds it kind of feels mm-hmm. maybe not abrupt but you know, it feels forced the way that they're trying to be well friends in the movie well it is technically forced because what happens is uh mark dacascus's character toby wong he's running from this corporation that's trying to get him back and he kind of uh, holds Malik hostage because he needs his car to drive to California. Well, well yeah, uh, they, they, <laughs> that sounds really lame. But in the movie, they, they do a title drop too. <laughs> Just drive. And we're like, oh, there's the title drop. And then two seconds later, they, they do the title drop again. <laughs> I was confused. I'm like, why is this movie called Drive? Because... Uh, Steve Wang himself said that we they wanted to re- create a road movie, uh, road trip movie, and I did not get no that chance. at all. I'm like, what? Are you talking yeah, about? Like, yeah, yeah. Sure, they're like un, but I, I didn't really get that. They're like, they're not. It's not like they're driving the entire movie. They they only drive for half of the film, and the other half. Yeah, uh, if they were constantly stopping at destinations, getting into shenanigans, then going to the next place to the next place until they reach the end. Sure, <laughs> you know, road trip destination sure. film, but. Uh, I don't know. Somebody needed a title, <laughs> and they did not want to get the uh, trademark rights for anything unique, so they picked. They went with Drive. You know, um, Zero, have you seen The Driver with Mark Dacascus? That's a more recent film. Uh, oh, it's the called Driver? The Driver? Yeah, really? I, didn't, I have not seen it yet, uh, although uh, the reviews I heard were really bad, so, like, that's, that's my... Oh, is that the one where... Um, he is driving in a zombie apocalypse. Oh, I have no clue. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, it is. Yeah, he's dry. He's a, he's some sort of weird driver in the uh, zombie apocalypse. I saw a trailer for that, and I was like, Oh, wait, wait, yeah, yeah. I think we are no. thinking of the same movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I see. Like when the driver was was released, I was thinking, Oh, we should cover that because that's probably like the sequel to Drive. Isn't that nice? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I, know, I thought it would be like come come full circle come yeah, full like, circle nope, right nope. right uh and then we could maybe one day we'll talk about one night in bangkok which actually that name that movie should be called the driver because he's actually driving in that movie uh, <laughs> and that's a collateral ripoff hey, okay we're, we're, we're done talking about that let's talk about drive um the yeah like we said before the move the movies uh, you know like in terms of the plot it's very simple you know Although it, it kind of devolves into like uh you know like a espionage kind of thing where well not espionage he, he's trying to uh, stay alive and not get captured by the red Chinese because um, he has some sort of like super weapon in his body 
he has like a super yeah. heart. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't get it. Like why don't they just kill him and then just extract the implant from inside him? Well, at first they needed him alive. So in the beginning of the movie, we're told, "Oh, shoot him in the legs." And no one is able to shoot him <laughs> in the legs. But then for some reason at the end of the movie, it's revealed they have uh, you know, a version 1.0 yeah. instead of what Mark Dacascus is, the uh, yeah. prototype. So then they say they still want the they still want the prototype, but they don't need Mark Dacascus alive anymore. So now they sure. can kill him at the end, which is just like sure, fine, whatever. Right. Well, yeah, that's that's a simple plot, and now we can I guess we can talk about the fighting. Uh, well, we got two really quick ones, like almost back to back. Uh, I think well, I guess they're they're technically both in America. Well, the, the whole film was shot in America and in California, but um, well, I think it's supposed to start in Hong Kong um, where they're fighting first fighting on well, the boat. The, no, the the boat came from Hong Kong. Oh, okay, I just all these Chinese performers. I just figured it was in Hong Kong, but sure, it fooled me. Yeah. Um, so the first fight happens in like like with a bunch like this cargo being hoisted on a net, and Mark Dacascus does this this side flip off of it, and I don't I don't think that's actually him. Uh, and that's that's something that we can what? talk about uh, in a little bit more detail. Uh, because I uh, Mark Dacascus, very talented martial artist, very very talented. He can obviously do his own acrobatics. And, you know, like he's been doing it his whole life. I think that a lot of the stunt work wasn't done by him. Like, well, some of the stunt work wasn't done by him. And I don't know whether or not it was because it was too dangerous or probably. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it was because they had only six weeks to do the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure it's a combination of both. Like, like him jumping off that crate to the deck below. You know, that's got to be a stuntman. That's just, you know, too Mm -hmm. risky. And then so on and so forth throughout the film that you because it's it's kind of neat one of the things that this movie kind of hits you over the head with mark dacascus's uh, abilities is he really likes to flip <laughs> yeah. he likes to air he likes to aerial flip he likes to twist and he's doing it uh when it's not even necessary <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love it i love it hey mark dacascus should do more flips and he does it more later in the film but like here like he does a a, a like a a brandy, a brandy is a is a front flip turned into a side flip um, in mid air. But obviously, he's doing it with uh, some sort of trampoline because uh, you can't get that amount of height, uh, you know, in the <laughs> right. way that is set up in the movie. Um, so you know, they're they like you said before, they immediately start shooting for his legs, but they miss because he does that brandy over people's heads, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like, he goes like a million miles away, and that's great because like you get a really good shot of his face as he's doing it so you know it's actually him and that's always nice um so a lot of the choreography here is not overly complicated it's it's a lot of uh you know like posing a lot of blocking um you know like nothing too acrobatic but the great thing about it is it does feel like a hong kong film um because of the 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 composition the the camera composition right yeah there's a it's it's very very clearly staged like a hong kong film where you where you get the wides. You get to see a lot of the movements. Uh, there's not so much American editing all the time, uh, American type of editing on action where it's like you throw you know, like you throw a hit or you throw a punch and then you cut and then you see the punch right. connect. That's like that's very American style. Uh, as with Hong Kong movies, you, you hold the shot a little longer so you can see longer moments of choreography. And then a lot of the, a lot of the things that they take from uh, Hong Kong too is they'll do a lot of um, I guess like pain yeah. moments where somebody is like thrown onto something or crashes through mm-hmm. something. 
Um, I think the problem here uh, in this film is where a more competent Hong Kong director, they would set up what a person is going to be like, you know, like thrown onto or, or get hurt mm. by. Um, and then the fight goes on and then you see that object come into the screen again and then like that person will land on it. I see. So it's like, like they're telegraph, they're subtly telegraphing it to us early before they actually, you know, uh, crash mm. onto it. In this movie, there's a lot of moments where people will just crash onto something and get hurt, but it's also the first time we're seeing that object. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's very, that's a very astute way of looking at it. I, I didn't even think of it like that. I did, I did notice that when, yeah, it, it's something to uh, applaud the film that they actually do take that little note from Hong Kong films, which is you want to focus on the pain because you resonate with that. You know, when you see a performer looking like they got seriously hurt, you know, as they do in this scene when one of the performers gets slammed into like this, this corner of the ship, uh, you know, he's he, like you, it lingers on that for just long enough. But you know, like you said before, I guess you didn't see that prior to that. But I, I, mean, I didn't find that to be too much of an issue. Right. Yeah, it, it's not that big of an issue. Um, I'm noticing it because I'm looking at it. And then I realized upon rewatching, I had to think, well, what mm -hmm. was that? And if they kind of established that sharp corner, maybe in a different kind of shot, and then finally he gets thrown onto it, we would have known like, okay, that's a pointy edge that just went into right. his back. Okay. Yeah. Um, overall, uh, I would say prior, like all the actual fight choreography that goes on, when it is Mark Dacascus doing the basic choreography, blocking blocking hits with his arm, you know his arms, um, he he gets them absolutely perfect, and that's a lot to do with his traditional martial arts background in kung fu uh, that he was taught by his father. Don't know what branch it is. I don't even know how to begin to tell you, but. I will say, like, he looks, it looks natural to him, you know? Uh, it's not like only the strong where he was fake, you know, like doing capoeira. Like, you can kind of tell, you know, he's, <laughs> that's not his natural elements. You know, here he looks like it's, right. it's natural to him. Yeah. So that, that was one thing I kind of wanted to mention, too. So we, we spoke about only the strong because, you know, uh, there aren't so many films on capoeira. And I would like to talk about uh, as many martial right. arts uh, as we can. But I don't think that was a good utilization of Mark Dacascus' yeah. skill. I know, I know there are people who, who like that film. Uh, I personally didn't like it because I didn't understand. I didn't get an understanding of Capoeira after mm. that film. Okay. Like I wanted to understand the martial arts. I wanted to understand the philosophy behind it. I felt that it was lacking in giving that to me as somebody who has no knowledge of it. Mm -hmm. So um, I think uh, this is a much better uh, use of yeah, his talents. Yeah, I think so. Uh, when, we, when it actually is him. Um, I mean, there's there's plenty of him. Like, well, when we get to the next fight, uh, it's more of a gun battle inside a pub, I guess, uh, where we get to yes. introduce him, uh, Malik uh, Hadim's character. Is that name Hadim? Yeah, uh, and we get introduced a, to a supporting a small role bartender who unfortunately dies immediately. <laughs> like, oh no, not him! He was so nice. <laughs> not that guy. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's you know, there, there's like. A good utilization of the environment, uh, environmental destruction. Like we have these disposable disposable tables that get destroyed. We have, you know, like you also used as shield from bullets. We have, uh, you know, like this whole pane of glass behind the the, the bar that get uh, someone gets chucked into. Um, a lot of good pratfalls here. Uh, it, it all looks really good. Again, 
like t- taking the the right elements from a Hong Kong film. Uh, yeah, I like uh, I like a lot of the uh, gun disarmaments uh, he's doing as well. Uh, if you watch like some yeah other Hong Kong police films, uh, you'll you'll see similar choreography mm-hmm. going on. I think <laughs> I think the moment though that we could probably both agree on is um, well maybe two moments. So so they gave Park Takaskis a move in this movie, and I don't know if you recall what it is. So he has this weird charge up. Oh punch yeah, like a spin where he yeah. starts like circling his fists <laughs> away from the opponent, mm-hmm. and that like charges it up for him to then punch towards the opponent, and it's like a yep, super yep, punch. Yep, yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. Like I don't, I don't understand it at all. It's a com- incredibly <laughs> impractical. You, you, you can kind of see that in in traditional uh, kung fu films. They, they they do that a lot more. So if you're doing like tiger fist like you know, what you have well, tiger claw moves like you see them like kind of do like this this wind up yeah it does look it does look tiger clawish hungarish yeah. because he you know he's got his his hands like in a claw like uh um shape but i i don't i feel like i've never really seen that utilized in like a modern right. day martial arts film that it looks very like old school yeah. shaw brothers i kind of like it I, uh, well i i thought it was a <laughs> it, you know, modernized enough where i kind of gave it a pass but i will not give a pass is the, the scene when <laughs> Marta Costas gets on the pool table <laughs> mm-hmm. and all the henchmen surround him and they all have guns pointing at him. But they can't kill him because plot reasons. They Not can't yet. for a lot of reasons they can't kill him. So they decide to shoot at his legs that they all miss for some reason. And well, because, because he jumps, he jumps <laughs> and he's now suspended himself upside down on the chandel on the chandelier or the the, the fan the fan I think it's like a chandelier like fixture oh, chand- above it was the chandelier, yeah. pool table. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, how is that thing not fucking crashing on him, <laughs> crashing down on him? But whatever, he's he's mm-hmm. suspended off this light fixture and he's spinning around, shooting his his semi-automatic weapon, killing all the guys underneath him. I am not describing right. how ridiculous this actually is. I, you know, you really have to see see it to to understand the the yeah. It, it, it and it's it's so quick <laughs> though. It's it's so silly, but it is quick. So you know, you you can get back to the movie after having a good laugh at how ridiculous that is. <laughs> it is yeah. It's it's that's a good describe. It's ridiculous. So story happens. Uh, now he kidnaps Hadeen because he needs his car and. I guess, uh, you know... We get a lot of story now. No, we don't, now. because we have a fight, kind of, in the... Well, once they get attack, uh, captured by these uh, crooked cops, we have a fight in the... Um, oh, right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. We yes. have a fight in the... Uh, what, did, what did you call it? The Rock Quarry. Oh, rock, yeah, yeah, I guess you could call it that. Well... Uh, <laughs> well, that's what they said in the oh, making of. It's a rock, rock quarry. quarry. I, thought I was, was going to say construction yeah. site. Well... We I get mean, the best punch in the movie. Second. Do you remember that, Zero? When the cop, Which the one? crooked cop, punches Mark Dacascos in the face. Oh. <laughs> it was perfect. Mark Dacascos's, like face just turns instantaneously. Like it, it's like, it didn't even look like their fist even made contact. The sound effect was... No, it did not. It just went like right in front of him. Uh, think of... Uh, it, it reminded me of uh, Terminator 2 uh-huh. when Arnold gets like punched in the oh. face and his glasses fly off and then he like looks back and like shoves the woman away. I'll do a, I'll sure, do a side-by-side. Sure. Side uh, I, I kind of get that, but not really because even like Mark Dacascos looks even more robotic. <laughs> as the non-cyborg right. and well it, well they 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 you know punctuate it with that kind of cheesy sound oh, yeah. effect so it's Super just cheesy. it you know we both burst out <laughs> laughing when we saw it. so now the bad guys have mark the tied up to like by like hand 
I, I guess like uh, a, they're not they're not handcuffs, but they are supposed to be handcuffs. They're like rope yeah. handcuffs, if if that's yeah, even yeah. a real thing. So they're tied arm to arm to one another, uh, Hadim and Mark Dacascus, and they basically have a disadvantage. So there's a lot of comedy moments that could come, like has a lot of potential here. Uh, you know, because obviously it's it's a very it's big handicap because they don't have much of ability to. Uh, you know, like fight here, like Mark Dacostas at least. Right. So he has to use Hadim as a crutch and also as a weapon because he'll use him as an obstacle to vault over sometimes to kick people or he'll use him to like take Hadim's head and smash his head into the bat, the faces of uh, 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 of goons. Mm-hmm. I like this fight a lot actually upon rewatching it because uh, yeah, he's using uh, Kadim as a prop to, and because he's also at, at a disadvantage, that's also his handicap. So he's like constantly dodging the guns that's pointed at him, and then the gun then guns then get pointed at Kadim. So he has to like kind of pull him out yeah, of the way. Yeah. Uh, the direction here is really good. Uh, it's weird. I know they're trying to go for comedy, but it's not funny. Mm, yeah, it's 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 weird because you know it's supposed to be funny. It's just not funny. But I like the direction right. a lot. So it, there, there's like this weird disconnect right. for me. So the, you know what it was when it didn't work the first time, I was surprised that they continued to go for it again. So this is one gag. What do you mean when it, uh, the comedy. (laughs) So what they do is they take this, they borrow this one comedy moment I got from project a, which is, uh, when, uh, one of the characters, uh, gets punched in the face, the recoil effect hits someone behind them. So it smacks them in the head, the head too. And here it, it happens a couple times, the, but the first time it doesn't really work for some reason. It, it like it's not funny to me. Uh, but, but I was like, okay, whatever. I, I see the reference. It's like a nice homage. Who, you know, who cares? Mm-hmm. Well, they they do it. They do it a little differently too, because I like that it's not just so. So that if you think about it, you have three characters lined up. You have uh, Mark Dacascus, you have Kadim, and then you have the bad guy mm-hmm. John John Piper mm-hmm. Ferguson, like lined up three in a row. And Kadim is sandwiched between him, and he has to constantly make him duck, or or like he uses Kadim's head to like hit the uh, John's head behind him. So you know, still using him as a prop. Uh, I like I like this moment a lot. It's it's different from Project A enough for me. Like it's not it's not an exact copycat of what right. they did because then he, like he kind of rolls over Kadim and then double yeah. kicks john and then he just goes flying well that's that's what didn't work for me but i will say that the other comedy moments that in this this scene actually did work what's you know because they're tied together when mark dacascus is trying to do certain things uh kadeem is is holding him back so he disarms a a man approaching with a gun and he's reaching for the gun but he can't. <laughs> he's just—he's just short of it. <laughs> right. He's just just yeah, out of reach. Yeah, and yeah. It's—it's—it's it's, it's heightened uh, even more when he tries to t- perform a, a flying sidekick towards John later in the the fight, and he can't because Kadim's <laughs> holding it back. He's—he's he's dead weight to him. Uh, you know, uh, like all in all, this is all about the. Uh, I w- okay, you know, like, and but I will say, like before. You know, like John, you know, like that, that whole comedy moment where, you know, one guy gets punched and then the recoil effect, whatever. Uh, John does that to Mark Dacascus. It's like, okay, that's why I said, like, I was like, oh, they're going for the same joke again. That's weird. <laughs> uh, and I think they do it again in the movie later on as well. So I was like, okay, they really like that gag for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, one thing I wanted to point out, too, is uh, so when we first watched it, we watched the director's cut with the original score. 
And upon rewatching the fights, I decided to watch the, uh, you know, the American edit uh, because I had the Blu-ray, nicer quality. And the music is different in the fights. And I have to say, I think I like the, uh, I think I like the American edit music. Oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of this generic drum and bass techno, techno track. It sounds very 90s, but the problem, uh, not the problem, but the thing though is it kind of makes the fights feel a lot snappier because you just have this consistent droning mm -hmm. beat. Um, I think in the original score, they were probably they were probably uh, scoring it to what was actually happening mm -hmm. on screen. So maybe there was musical changes, there was a uh, you know um, timing changes in the music to kind of um, you know enunciate certain moments. But in this American edit with this droning you know drum and bass soundtrack, it just made things feel more consistent, and it actually made the fights feel more serious, which I kind yeah, of yeah. I was gonna say the tone of the fight scenes do change based off of the the score. Score is really important, obviously. And I, I did notice that a lot mm -hmm. too. And uh, I didn't notice it so much for this fight scene. Um, I think in the later fight scenes, it was more uh, pronounced, and I did, did notice. Oh that yeah, the, yeah. The music was, you know, like it, it almost turned the tone from like being almost comedic to serious. It definitely did. Like the whole motel action yep. scene now becomes a lot more serious. I remember when we were watching it, we we're like, oh, this is kind of fun. You know, it's, 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 you know, they're trying to kill him, <laughs> but it does, it doesn't seem so dire. Yep. Upon rewatching it, I definitely felt like, oh yeah, this is, this is a lot oh, more yeah. serious now because of this mm -hmm, music. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, the, what, but, uh, do, you wanna, do you want to flash forward to the motel scene? Cause that's us. So one thing I just want to point out too, in this fight, um, is so they're at this construction site and there's a uh, I'm pretty positive it's a real construction site and there's all these weird like metal kind of uh spiral tubings all over this platform they're on and they're just literally throwing the stuntmen against oh, yeah. him. Mm -hmm. I I wish they kind of focused on that a little more cuz those would have been great like pain <laughs> moments. But the one really good one is when they throw the main bad guy John Piper Ferguson they throw him onto this uh, metal pipe yeah. that's like on the floor, and he just yeah. lands on his. Well, that's back. obviously not him. I was like, uh, obviously not him. Yeah, but I'm saying like you know sure. the character lands on his back, and you're just like, ooh, right. like that. Th that's when they're doing Hong yep. Kong, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that's they're taking those moments and like that. That's yep. great. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Well, now watching again, like fuck, I'm, I'm glad we covered that. Uh, well, the the that action scene ends with them zip lining, zip line off of a. Uh, <laughs> Shaka bra. Yeah, <laughs> they, they zip line <laughs> off and they escape. And I guess the cops didn't carry them far enough because they could just run to their car. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I was like, wait, what? what? I, I thought they would have like taken them like miles away, but their car is still like right there. But so whatever. Yeah, in their car, and sure. a whole bunch of things happen. They go see his ex-wife, uh, 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 Malik's ex-wife. Uh, they get unhandcuffed. They go to the motel, and they meet Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy's in the movie. Oh yeah, boy! Um, yeah, the late Brittany yeah, Murphy. Unfortunately. Um. So yeah, she's uh she's quite a handful. <laughs> she is too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> a little too much. Listen to Steve Wang talk about her. Um, you know, like the what well, her character. Like they wanted to cast someone who was like you know overly sexy, but you know he was like, oh, but you know she was gonna be like. 16 and i was like oh that's 
kind of weird. But, you know, like, that's the thing. I, I can't tell what, what age this character is supposed to be. And it kind of gets uncomfortable yeah. at times because I, I feel like she's supposed to be, like, a 16-year-old. But he... he, he right, right. It. Yeah, she me- like she she mentions that, uh you know, her parents own the motel, but they're away. It, it, you know, it, it seems like she's skewing really mm-hmm. young. Uh, the Yeah, the issue I have with her character is it seems like her stage direction is be horny all the time like like this girl is ready to pop and if you watch this movie and you look and you and you see her acting you can't not see that she's just so horny for uh you know that this character malik you're just it's it's kind of funny at times, but then it's really uncomfortable yep. at times. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, of course. I was wondering what they were going to do with her character. And the short answer to that is nothing. <laughs> she, she's she's just this wacky. I mean, if they're doing the road trip movie, she's just the wacky character you meet along the way that kind of helps them out, gets them, gets them moving right. forward. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll cover that when we, we end the actual fight scene because there's a lot to talk about for the fight scene because it's a very long the big portion of the movie this one motel fight uh it goes on and on and on and i don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing because you know like sometimes fight scenes overstay their welcome right mm-hmm. uh for me i i like this uh whole action scene a lot uh i never felt it overstayed its welcome i i could feel the mm-hmm. length but it was constantly changing and doing things new or at least changing location and then they put a fucking giant you know, not one, but three exclamation points at the end. So there, there's like, there's like no way I could like hate this, this whole scene. Right, right. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, there, there's, I like the, wait, oh, I can go about this a million different ways, but it starts inside the small cramped hotel room and listening to the mm-hmm. making of Steve Wang had to coordinate with Koichi and a lot of the, I like a lot of that whole impromptu improvisational um, action direction, which is like, you go to the action choreographer and you're like, "Hey, I want to, uh, I want to create an action scene inside a quote-unquote setting with these kind of props in the environment. And how can you do that?" And the action choreographer, you know, goes with it and figures out something for mm-hmm. the director to, to work with. If you're Jackie Chan, you're all those things all at once, um, <laughs> right? Exactly. So like, it is a challenge because uh, you know, like. Not only well, it starts off first inside a small, small two bed, two bedroom motel room, motel and room. it's just a lot of gun gunplay. But then it leads into uh, a slightly bigger, but still really small, confined area where four people with stun sticks, which looks like hair straighteners, like you you pointed out, <laughs> uh, are yeah. are uh, assaulting him, and he has like absolutely no nothing to work with. Um, so you know. It, I give the action direction a lot of props because you know they make it look creative enough. Um, and you can see, you know, Mark Dacascos is actually doing a lot of the the, the action in this uh, in this fight scene. So like he'll uh, he does this one uh, aerial, the tri- it's a, a capoeira aerial that he got from only the strong <laughs> off of the <laughs> one of the beds, and you know I'm sure they cleared the other bed out of the way, but it seems like a very ineffective way of getting off of a getting bed. off yeah. a bed yeah <laughs> that that's why i was kind of noting that uh earlier i was like why is he just doing all these <laughs> unnecessary flips like he could have just stepped off the bed no he had to aerial off yep. of it yep 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 i like them i like the moment before that though where he kind of like jumps on the mm-hmm. bed he uses the side wall oh, that's yeah. against the bed to kind of step mm-hmm. off of it and then kick off of it to hit well, one yeah, of the yeah. guys 
nice nice small mm-hmm. moment yeah well, and um yeah they're, it, it's weird they're kind of using the bed the beds a lot he's like kind of bouncing off mm-hmm. of them so this fight does feel uh very playful if you're watching it with the like original yep. score but when you hear the uh american edit score and it's, it's like, just this it's droning like intense, uh, right? yeah it, it, it feels intense because you, you know you know what it is too it's because they have guns right. as well whenever there's gunfire and you have intense music it just puts you in this mindset okay they might right. die. <laughs> yeah. They might die. I mean, I don't know how you can make that playful, but you know, you could you know, like depending on the music that that can totally be a, the end result of that. But also intercut between all this is it cuts cuts back and forth between Mark Dacascus and what's happening with the uh, uh, Kadim. So there's nothing too noteworthy. Uh, what's happening with Kadim? He's he's trying staying Whoa. low. Yes, there is there is one. I, I get to that. <laughs> Very noteworthy. I, I get thing. to that. There's nothing too noteworthy action wise because he's he's you know basically hiding, uh, trying to avoid getting captured or getting killed. Uh, but. He gets the upper hand on a guy by slicing yeah, his hand, yeah. the slicing of henchman's hand off. But because the henchman is carrying a semi-automatic weapon in his hand, that thing fires as it's <laughs> as it's still airborne and shoots him up in a uh, like right. a tornado kind of fashion. <laughs> right. Well, the one thing he forgot to mention too is he he slices the guy's hand off with a chainsaw. Oh, yeah that he conveniently finds in this garage. <laughs> it's, it was funny because when we were watching this, I was like, oh, that's a chainsaw. Wouldn't it be great if he cut off somebody's yep, hand? And that totally happened. And then it <laughs> happened. Oh, my God. I You're was so happy. I, w- I was so happy. I, I love when you, when you call out things in movies like, oh, wouldn't that be great <laughs> if he was dead the whole time? Nope. Yep. <laughs> uh, right. So now we're, we get to that second part of the, the Hope Motel room fight. Uh, where Mark Dacascus is trying to avoid uh, getting stunned, obviously, because so I didn't get this. Uh, Steve Wang said uh, the direction was like they wanted to make sure that um, they they played up the severity of the stun sticks. If Mark Dacascus got hit once with the stun stick, you know he he's he's done for. You know, he, that's it. But yeah. I didn't get that watching so, this. <laughs> yeah. So my my problem with uh, uh, this this fight is uh, I like the choreography mm-hmm. a lot. The problem is uh, we as audience members don't understand uh, the power of the sunstick, mm-hmm. kind of like you yep. were saying. Uh, and, and because it's weird, they kind of explain to us how powerful they are uh, a little later, and I'll get to that. But um, we know he's kind of dodging it, but we don't really understand mm-hmm. why. We should have seen a moment where he does get hit at least mm-hmm. once. So he could have been like, ah, yeah. like that hurt. Now we, now we know, okay, he really needs to not right, get touched right. we, by We needed sticks. that frame of reference because it just felt like he was just dodging and like there was nothing to those stun sticks. It was just, you know, it could be any blunt object, honestly. Um, exactly, yeah. yeah. And uh, also my one other gripe with this uh, scene is, so uh, I guess they didn't have the special effects to really do what they wanted to make it look so electrical mm-hmm. because yeah. there are a few moments where you see like electricity uh-huh. on it. So what they decided to do is they decided to flash lights on set anytime the you know the stunt performers are kind of swinging mm. the sticks so you get this white flash uh on screen a lot and uh seizure warning for anybody <laughs> uh watching this uh it it could induce something uh, it, it's not it's bad, bad you know it's 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 <laughs> it's not that bad but it is noticeable where you're just like oh okay yeah it's 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 flashing right, lights right. well uh yeah remind me of to bring that up later because i, I ta- in terms of white frames that this movie does utilize it but I, I will i will discuss it later well so in this fight scene though it's not white frames being cut in it's act you can tell it's like actual production i i 
uh, yeah, I think there's actually mm-hmm. lights in the room that they're just like shining on and off when you know they're trying to uh imply right 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 well there's that that's what that's something that's noticeable but i do notice you know this is where it starts getting even more noticeable that mark tacos is is getting stunt doubled Uh, a lot of this scene actually isn't him Uh, i don't know if you noticed that uh, yourself yeah yeah I'm, i'm okay with that there's a lot of complicated stuff going like this this is I think for me, this this scene is this, and then the, the next fight is probably the most complicated choreography mm-hmm. in the whole movie, uh, and rightfully so. Like I like I like this a lot. Everything that's going on. Uh, anytime the fight has a moment to breathe, and you get to see, um, and and you get a pause, and you, and then the fighter will turn around to the camera. That's mm-hmm. Mark Dacascos. But everything else, like him dodging, him jumping over the backs, and then kicking these people, flipping them on the ground, like. That's like almost always like the stunt performer, and and I'm okay with that. I understand. Right. Well, the <laughs> once he slices a guy's shoelaces off and takes the shoes off, I was like, oh, I wonder where this is going. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, like uh, I I didn't follow the movie for a little while, uh, but they it pleasantly surprised me. So Mark Dacascos grabs these shoes off of a henchman, and he boots. these boots. Probably leather boots. To and he exact. puts them on his hands. He puts like boxing So gloves. he holds the, the boot gloves <laughs> as boxing. He's basically in a, in a fighting stance, but he has fucking shoes on his hands. It's a it's such a weird image, but it's like burned in my mind because you don't you know, you don't see that. Who puts yeah. boots on their hands? Exactly. And I was just like, wait, is that because but the music, the music in the, the version that we saw together it, it made it seem like he was going to do something badass, but honestly, it should have played something more comedic <laughs> because like, it's mm-hmm. uh, like, I didn't, because it, it's a, it's a silly image, but the way that they utilize right. it is actually kind of clever. Kind of, I'm not going to give it too much credit, but he's using the boots as protection from the stun gloves. So he can actually make contact with the stun gloves uh, and, you know, uh, have a better f- <laughs> footing <laughs> to, to, uh, yeah. to block all the moves. Um, and it kind of works in his favor. Well, it totally works in his favor because he, he obviously gets upper hand. Yeah. He he uh, he you know he, he takes everyone out. Um, and uh, again, it's it's not him the entire time. You know, we have a stunt double, but that's okay. Um, and then, uh, in order for him to escape the scene, he does a big twist out the window when doing just like <laughs> jumping out the window would be a lot simpler. But okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I like I like this scene a lot. I think this is where a lot of the uh, really tight choreography mm-hmm. goes in. That comes in. There's there's moments where he's fighting like three guys at one, and he's just blocking left to right and then front as they're like constantly uh, swiping yep. at him. Then we get a great shot, um, uh, this downward shot as he's like rolling on the ground. And one thing you didn't mention is so yes, he has these boots on his hands like boxing mm-hmm. gloves, and the reveal is that. Um, after like uh, a bunch of uh, choreography is finished, you see that the boots have melted and they're and they're like they're smoking, they're melted, and as an audience, you're just like, oh, okay, that's how dangerous these stun sticks were. Yeah, uh, it, it 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 comes too late for yeah. me personally because it was it was just a little confusing. This is a great moment that shows just how uh, you know dangerous it was, but I wish. As I mentioned earlier, like I want, I wanted, I wanted uh, an understanding sure. of their powers. Yeah, uh, it's a frame. You, we need that frame of reference earlier in the fights because yeah, we get at the end. You're like, oh, okay, well, the fight's over. So you know, I was completely missing out on something that uh, the director wanted us to uh, wanted us to understand right off the bat. Um, 
So yeah, he, Mark Dacascos does the B twist out the window, which <laughs> very ineffective. <laughs> Whatever he does it, and then right. he, uh, you know, like that. But that's obviously a stunt double. But what isn't a stunt double is Mark. You know, Mark Dacascos actually vaults over a railing and then lands on a scaffolding and does a backflip. Now, the important thing about this is once he does the backflip, it's a back layout. You know, so he's not tucking. It's it's a lot more complicated and a lot more dangerous. He sticks the landing, turns around. And we get a Jackie shot, which is mm-hmm. do a really impressive stunt, but then as soon as you're done with it, don't cut, continue rolling, show the actor's face. And we get mm-hmm. that. Like Not only does he, he land, he turns his face, you see that it's actually him. He actually delivers a line of dialogue and he runs off. Those, those are right. all like really impressive moments in, in your action film. Yeah, I mean, that's how you know he, he as a performer can do it. I think as we were probably speculating before with some of the more complicated stuff, and for time uh, restrictions, they were probably like, all right, let's just have our our stunt guys just bang it out real yep. quick. We'll give you we'll give you certain moments like this. And it's good because this is a good moment. And you're like, oh, OK, yep. yes, that's him. That's really cool. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. So um, <laughs> so literally uh, this was like two fight scenes going on at once uh, well, two action scenes going on at once. Now Mark Dacascos jumps headfirst, quite literally over a car and takes out a henchman by snap kicking him in the face and we have this great shot of this hen- like this one stuntman crashing through a window and landing on a table which looks absolutely painful um so now we have the second part of the fight scene which happens inside a car garage uh would you call it a garage it's more like a uh mechanics shop yeah. i guess yeah yeah a uh, mechanic garage i guess mm-hmm. you could say and uh, this fight feels uh, very, very Jackie Chan inspired. And I mean that in like a positive way. I don't mean that negatively at all. Like this is, this is a guy who's using, who's really, really utilizing everything in the environment to his advantage because it's just like any, anything he could do, like tires, yeah. you know, shelving, yeah. uh, fucking uh, metal uh, benches Ooh. on wheels. Like it's all, it's all going uh, to get like, it's all going to be used to hit. Yeah, somebody. yeah. There's, there's a. Oh man, that this. I get a little bit of a. What is that movie? It was it Twin Dragons? I think it's Twin Dragons with uh, Jack. I was gonna say it reminded me a little bit of Twin Dragons with uh, the yeah, garage yeah, fight yeah. as well. Yeah, well, Obviously, you know, like it, it feels like a. It, it's paying homage to that as well. Um. So yeah, like we, we have Mark Dacascos kicking tires to take people's legs out. We have him. Um. What was that stunt? I just saw that made me go ooh. Oh well, he made um. He made. Is it when he pull when he pulls the guy's leg and he forces him? Into oh yeah, split? yeah. Well, no, no. The the stunt was like when he he kicks the long haired henchman, uh, and he forces forces him to a, a flip back fall, a prat fall, and he lands on his back on the railing on this um mm-hmm. on this shelving there. Yeah, you know, it's similar to the oh like the, the it's similar to the stunt yeah yeah. It's before. it's like a it's a shelf of tires, and when he lands on it. It falls down, and like one of the henchmen conveniently is spaced in between one of the shelves, so he missed, and he's like, "Oh, right. oh." To this safe. day, I, I still don't understand how you can ever soften the blow of a stunt like that. You know, like if you're landing on your neck, you're landing up any part of your back, and you scorpion like that. Like, there's mm-hmm. no amount of padding that's What's gonna padding? help. Oh, no amount yeah. of padding is gonna help, uh, like reduce like that much pain because you're gonna experience some pain. It's called memory foam. <laughs> sure, isn't that just good? Oh God, just watching it again it hurts my back. Um, right, yeah. So like we you know, like we said before, he takes a tire. He he grabs a guy mid kick and pulls him down to the ground and forces him into a split. You know, that's nice. Um, 
then he starts using a, like a really really nice old car as like a vantage point yeah. he's like you know he's jumping on top of it he's doing fucking uh windmills oh no break, dance, uh, air break dancing uh, <laughs> yeah air flares yeah to kind of uh you know disperse the the mini crowd around him uh, yeah and then he, one of the kind of neat things too you pointed out too, which I liked, is like he kind of slides along like the slope of the. Um, man, I don't know my car. I don't either. I, I don't even think these have uh, these have any application in today's world anymore because <laughs> we don't because mm-hmm. uh, what is it? It's part of the frame of the car. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's like a step. It's like a like a donut over <laughs> the wheel. Man, we probably sound really <laughs> stupid. Right I don't know cars. I can't help you. Yeah, uh, it's, like, it's also like. It looks like the Model T, like the first car that ever existed. So, so like, it doesn't have much, you know, uh, application in today's world. But it, yeah, it's like the frame over the wheel, right? So he, yes. <laughs> yeah, let's describe it that way. <laughs> that, yeah. that, he, there you like, go. You, he slides out, like slides down that all very you know, a la Jackie Chan in a in a somewhat less comedic fashion. I think he doesn't have Jackie's comedic timing, but you know, it's fine. Well, I, f- I feel I feel like this scene isn't supposed to be funny though. So I actually don't mind that it, you know, it it doesn't look funny. It just kind of looks yep. neat and I like that he's using everything oh, yeah. uh, in the surrounding to try and like um, you know, just just win over right. this group of men. Like this this is how you do um, yeah. group fights, you know. You just you got to use everything. Uh, they definitely got influenced by Jackie, but uh, mm-hmm. they did it right. The wire work is something that I didn't talk about before, and this is something that I think this movie utilizes appropriately, uh, because a lot of movies, in my opinion, yeah, kind of fuck it up. And well, this is late '90s, right? This is this predates the Matrix movies, the Rush Hour movies. Uh, so you know, when there is, you know, and, and as much as I love Matrix and stuff, uh, you know, like that movie kind of like exasper- exacerbated the um i can't fucking use that word today uh made worse uh, the amount of wires that are used in movies um that you could use in like like if you look at the charlie's angels movies like they went crazy with the wires um here it feels like the wires were used just just right to heighten the action rather than ex- like over exaggerate the action uh, uh, if i'm describing this correctly yeah uh i mean it, it kind of makes sense because as i said earlier He's kind of a super soldier. He's got the heightened abilities. So the fact that he can do things a little more fantastical, it it kind of lends itself to wires. Uh, the movie feels a little too realistic for me that when I see the wire work, I, I can't make that connection. Like, I, I think it should have veered a little more sci-fi-y so that when we do see the him oh, doing all these exaggerated jumps, uh, I, I could have believed it a little more. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's very true. Uh, so I, I will say that a lot of the wire work feels more like it's uh, a lot of like Mark Dacascus's moves. So you were saying before that it, it you can attribute a lot of his flips and you know like these completely unnecessary flips <laughs> and twists and stuff to the fact that he's a super soldier now, which I completely get. Uh, but you know, other times, uh, the wire work is to exaggerate the amount of force that he can produce. So, like, let's say that, you know, in this fight, for example, he'll, he'll take a stun stick and smash a guy or, like, poke a guy uh, in the chest. And that, that, you know, that poke alone has enough force to send the guy flying. Obviously, it's not realistic, mm-hmm. but you can buy it because he's a super soldier or whatever you, you, you want to call it. Or, you know, or when he is... Uh, he jumps on top of a car and and closes the the hood of the car 
but he leaps up like 10 feet in the air before doing so. It's like, <laughs> right. I don't know if that's, that's realistic at all. Right. Uh, I like that shot a lot. I think it's cool. Like the, the hood slams down uh, on the guy's nightstick and then he, you know, he kicks him away. But yeah, there's no way you're going to jump that far. <laughs> of course not. But Absolutely. you do see him, uh, you know, do back handsprings from the roof of the car onto the hood, right. onto the ground. And I'm pretty pretty positive that's him oh that's definitely him because uh, towards the end of it you see it in a vanity shot you know like for a, a solid uh what two like a second or two mm-hmm. it's definitely him right you know, see his face you see his profile it's not a chinese guy or a japanese stunt person mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in like most of the shots where it's obviously not him um anyway we got you know like i said mentioned before we got the fall the, the falls we have uh britney murphy being fucking crazy <laughs> there's a, man there's a, like, there's a pretty good uh pain fall where some guy falls from like uh you know the top of a platform he kind of like uh curves his back over the edge over mm-hmm. the ledge and then he like you know smashes on the ground that's pretty pretty good one right 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 but then you know, I, I, oh, wait, oh then i was gonna say uh, my problem is the movie has to acknowledge that other characters are still in this scene so we have to mm-hmm. cut to moments of britney murphy just not doing lines of coke but acting like she just took lines of coke <laughs> and is just like annoying the shit out of uh, malik's character it's oh yeah. god it's so annoying see i i okay yeah she, she she was a little extra i hate using that word but yeah she's a little bit much in this in this scene or this whole movie to be honest mm-hmm. but you know it, it was fine i thought it was okay uh but you know what's over the top what's that? the way that they end this whole action scene <laughs> So, uh, well, okay, John, uh, like once he gets ass kicked, he he engages with, uh, uh, you know, Jan- uh, not Jackie, goddamn, Mark the Koskis, uh, in fisticuffs, and you, just, you know, he basically gets his head head smashed in, you know, like a couple times, uh, which I'll give props to the actor because you can, cl- can yeah. clearly tell that's him, you know, doing yeah, it. Sometimes. He has a, he has this nice uh, little choreographed moment where he, you know, he puts his dukes up against Mark Dacascos, obviously losing, but you know, puts up a decent yeah, fight. Yeah. For I'm yeah. I'm sure he's not a martial arts performer. Oh, definitely, probably not. But you know, anytime I see someone like that doing his own choreography, no matter how simple or not simple, I still give him props for it. You know, martial arts is not easy, especially in cinema. So, uh, because he's losing, he figures I might as well escape to the parking lot, go to my four by four, and grab a triple rocket launcher <laughs> out of the trunk. So, I. You know, like, you know, like in movies when you're like, oh, that guy's a sore loser, you know, like that was like a cheap shot or, you know, like when, when, when somebody doesn't lose admiral, admirably, it, mm-hmm. this movie takes to the extreme where I was like, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm losing and I'm not going to, you know, go out, you know, um, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out ceremoniously. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so what does he do, Zero? Well, so uh, one thing I want to point out is they're trying to capture Mark Dacascos alive and our 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 main bad guy now butthurt from losing decides to take out a triple rocket launcher, as you said, and he (laughs) fires three rockets at the motel Mm -hmm. and they blow up the the motel (laughs) as our as our heroes are running away. Yeah. I, I don't understand the the character mentality here. Like, what were you hoping to he just do? Killed all his henchmen. He killed all his henchmen. <laughs> he could have killed the guys he was meant to bring in alive. Yep. Like, 
it, yeah, it doesn't, make, it any doesn't sense. make any sense but it's so fucking awesome yeah no it's, it's great it's, that's how you top off the action scene that that's it's a it's a great moment however once the action oh and i also do want to mention um before i forget is that you know like we it actually is happening behind the actors you know there's no i i can't tell if it's green screen because you know uh you know the the, the version that we got isn't the best quality but you know, Mark Dacascos and Brittany Murphy and Kadeem are the actual performers are jumping out of you know, uh, you know that you know like away from the the flames behind them. Right. You know, like obviously it's you know far enough that they can stay safe, but you know it's actually happening behind them. Yeah. So um, so and we get some miniatures too that are also exploring. right. So I think what happened is the way they did it is when they're jumping, you know, in that you know those explosion shots when the when they're jumping towards the camera and the flames are behind them. I think they're shooting flames out the window, very, very big frame flames, and then we get that downward shot of the miniature exploding to, you know, to kind of uh, meld the the scene together. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so that that's that's how we cap off the action scene. I think you know, if you're gonna go out with a bang, literally, mm-hmm. go out, you know, like strong, and that's I think that's such a great way to end that action. scene. We get a, a very short period of time where there's no action. It's really, really brief. Um, where now the well, they go back on the run. They run away from the bad guys, and now we learn that you know the villains don't care if he's alive or not. Now they can just kill him. Um, so you know, like the stakes are raised a little bit. And you would think that they would continue to bring Brittany Murphy with with them for the rest of the ride. Oh, but I was, I was, I was dreading. Uh, the rest of the movie once her character is introduced i was just thinking oh no please don't have her be the the third wheel now and sure. just coke up the rest <laughs> of this movie thank well, god they drop her off at some you know like highway restaurant <laughs> that's totally just what leave they did. her ass there well, it is it's literally well sure like i wouldn't say that she was annoying i did not say that you did either but you know it, it can be construed as annoying for some oh no i moment. i'm i'm saying she was annoying. Oh, okay i wasn't thinking she was yeah. annoying i thought she was just like it was just a weird character choice for the the movie i was like it was like she's a little much well that's what i mean like i don't i don't know why her direction was to just be you know 12 all the time <laughs> Horny and when I say twelve, old? I mean like from zero to ten. And no, she went. Oh, to oh, 12. not twelve year old. Okay, got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like her, her energy was too high. She was, she was just too much. Yeah, um, we get if, that. For if us she can, movie. if she stayed with the movie for the rest of the movie, it, uh, I would have just. I could. I don't think I could do it. Right, but 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 the problem here is that they set her up as if she's going to be a mainstay because they destroyed her motel. So you feel bad. You feel bad. Like, and it, it seems like they're setting her up as if she's going to be some sort of pivotal role. Because we failed to mention in the previous action scene, she was also kicking ass. She grabbed the severed arm that was still holding onto <laughs> a machine gun and started shooting people to death. It's like that's what I, you know, like it, it felt like they're building her, building her up to be. She was more of a badass than Kadeem was. Right. It it <laughs> seemed like because they say like, oh, we're gonna come back for you. It seemed like one of those things that when the movie ends, it'll circle back around, or yep. she'll come back as this uh, deus ex machina moment where she'll help the good guys yep. in the end when they're struggling. Nope. But actually, that's that's her exit. <laughs> they leave her at like a tr- you know a truck stop uh, restaurant. Yeah, it's it's really strange. I thought that she would make some sort of re-entrance and a reprisal into the film, but she never does. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because now we actually do get more moments of Kadeem being an action hero. Not no, obviously not to the extent that Mark Dacascos is, but you know like. Mm-hmm. So now we're in the final fight. 
the final fight scene and uh to set it all up because obviously this is in stages right like towards the end of it uh you know mark dacoskis is fighting the big bad guy at the end but also simultaneously it cuts back and forth between uh kadim fighting john the 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 uh the redneck dude <laughs> the redneck bad guy that was chasing them throughout the whole film so we we get like more moments of him being uh like a hero type character right well and bef- before he fights the you know the main bad guy before kadim fights john mm-hmm. uh kadim is relentlessly chased around this giant bar by guys on motorcycles mm-hmm. well they're all being attacked by more the people on motorcycles so we were talking throughout this whole episode about these references to or like homages to jackie chan films right like like taking some elements from those movies uh, what works in those movies and kind of incorporating it into this one and once the motorcycles come into this bar that these characters are in this this space shuttle thing like apollo 14 <laughs> oh yeah that's, that's what they called it apollo 14 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the Apollo 14 themed bar. It's like huge in the middle of nowhere. And it's just a warehouse. <laughs> it, it's not even. Yeah, 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 like the interior, yes, but the exterior is like a miniature. It's a miniature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, the, these assailants come in uh, on 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 these uh, motorbikes, and all, a lot of the stunt work that happens with these motorbikes are lifted from Police Story. I don't oh, know yeah. if you got that. Yeah, yep, like the, yep. it's. You know, there's a moment where Mark Dacascus is in the front of the bike that he gets rammed by the bike and like it's, it's going at full speed. That's like directly from Police Story. Um, oh, you yeah. know, but the, the, the moments Jackie's where bike. he's like where he's uh, on the staircase and the bike, you mm-hmm. know, just goes right over him. Yeah, yep. it's it, you can tell that they were looking at Police Story and they were taking elements from it. It's yeah. not it's not like a clear direct ripoff because it is like a circular bar. So they're kind of. What they're doing is the the bikes are kind of riding around in circles, and one of the things they're doing is, and I kind of felt bad for the character. They keep on like kind of clotheslining or plowing into Kadim's character, and they keep yeah. on just like chucking him on the ground, and like he's taking like a lot of damage like yeah. this whole fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, Kadim is definitely taking a lot of damage, but like obviously Mark Dacascos is you know just showing off his fucking athleticism here you know he like while the motorbike people are attacking him he has like a bunch of goons who are like red sh- him literally along. red shirts <laughs> yeah, red shirt, yeah. <laughs> uh, like the star trek references right there mark mm-hmm. needs to be here for that yeah this, um, is, this is where some of the better choreography comes in for me on this final this final set piece because um uh, yeah, I like I like the three on one elements. Uh, you know, he's he's blocking everybody while also trying to um, you know hit them all away. They have they have like these like kind of broadswords at one yeah, point, yeah. and uh, it's unfortunate though because it's it's so short. Like he kind of disposes them of them like very very fast, mm-hmm. and then so what so what we didn't uh, set up is uh, the super soldier, the one that surpasses him, like the 1.0 version of of what his character is supposed to be finally shows up and he's just kind of standing there in his trench coat <laughs> and sunglasses as the motorcyclists are kind of like going all around yeah. and it and it's it, it's like a video game fight you know the bad guy's standing in the background you know waiting for all the little henchmen to be finished and once they're disposed of then he like jumps into the foreground right right, right. We, we will talk about masaya kato in a little bit because 
everyone remember that guy's name because um, you know, like obviously he plays the big bad guy. Um, but before we get to that dude, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but this action scene in particular, uh, we watched both both versions, uh, or at least I did, and I noticed that for some of the hits, they throw in frames of white. Did you notice that? Like I, these, I saw that frames. one time, uh, but uh, I, I I don't I didn't probably didn't see it as much as you did. Yeah, like they it's th- it's throughout the whole film, and I don't fully understand it. Um, so what am I what do I refra- what am I referring to? So when there is a, a, a point of impact or time when uh, a character is supposed to receive some sort of uh, hit or something like that, one day one way that you can sell that sell the hit is by putting in like a frame or two of just pure white on the screen and you'll see that a lot with kids shows you know like when cartoon cartoons do that because they have to lessen the violence so that that's that's attack that's a thing that's almost kind of mandated when you have uh, cartoon violence right right so watching it in this rated r movie i'm like uh, okay they probably put that in there for some sort of stylistic choice rather than censorship mm-hmm. you know because obviously nothing that's happening on screen is too violent but i i just don't understand it because... well you know what it is like so this is 97 they probably didn't have post-production shaky cam yet where they would have just shook the camera on like you know certain blows to try and uh, uh enhance the the pain or the feeling sure sure although although like it's sometimes it doesn't happen at moments where i feel like it's necessary whatsoever so there's a moment where the bike is about to hit Mark Dacascus. Uh Mark Dacascus does a, a jumping, um, jumping sidekick, jumping sidekick to hit the the motorbike, the cyclist in the head. Mm-hmm. And when the the impact happens, there's a frame of white. But it's like you know, well, yeah, seen... because he hits the he hits the motorcyclist. So that's but the, you, don't, you know, I don't think that's, that's the big necessary. moment. That's not necessary at all. Oh, Slow-mo. you know what it is. Mm-hmm. They pro, you know, so okay, so that's a difficult stunt when you have a motorcyclist coming at you and you're supposed to kick him off the motorcycle. That's very hard to do. You, you know, you could break the guy's neck. So the white fat, the white flash, that's probably hiding the edit. That could be it. That could be very much it. Although there are a lot of those white flashes in the whole movie, uh, the, this whole fight scene. So mm-hmm. I, I, that theory could be you know, true to all those those moments because uh, no, if that if it is true for all those moments, that means that there are a lot of edits in between the, a lot of those um, those impacts. Then yeah, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I, I can see it with um, him jumping and like you know side kicking the guy because I've seen other movies mm-hmm. that try to do um, the motorcyclist getting clotheslined by the kick. Mm-hmm. That's that's really hard. I think that's really hard to do without really hurting that motorcyclist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you right. always see like. Like when you see certain cuts, like I'm thinking of uh, John Woo's Hard Target because uh-huh. Van Damme does that to a motorcycle. It's like that, you know the edit, you know the edit is there, and you know like the leg is just stationary <laughs> because you can't have the leg moving forward while taking the guy down. It, yeah. it would probably just be too painful. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. Uh, well, 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 if I see any more, I'll, I'll point them out for you. But you know what's a ridiculous moment when Mark Dacascus is uh, about to get hit by a motorbike. So what does he do? He snap kicks the bike and sends the motor- motorcyclist off of the bike. But he, he doesn't kick the motorcyclist. He kicks the bike. Kicks the yeah. Yeah. Like, like his shin should be like complete, I don't know, just like shambles. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that, yeah, it, it should have exploded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. 
you know, like and like that's not to detract from all the the good stunt work that oh, well, good uh, fight choreography that's going on here too, right? So you know, like it's actually more Dacascus jumping in the air horizontally and delivering a, a um, you know, like a, a, a what, what do you even fucking call it? A, a roundhouse kick, like a, an aerial roundhouse kick. Uh, you know, like doing these twists, doing these kip ups. You know, and they're framed absolutely well. So, like, I don't want to completely, you know, detract from all that. But that was him dispatching all the the goons, and now he's off to, uh, to fight uh, Kato, right? Is that, that the, the performer's name? A uh, Masaya Kato, um, who is the advanced model, the 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 T one thousand of this movie. Um, <laughs> Man, this is such a disappointing fight, in my opinion. It's not overly memorable. <laughs> It's, it's constantly broken up, uh, not just by the fact that this, this is another moment where we have two fights going on. So uh, Kadim and John are fighting in their own little scuffle, and then Mark Dacascus and uh, Masaya Kato are fighting, and they keep on cutting between back and forth. But the problem is uh, the Masaya and uh, Mark Dacascus fight is there's too many moments of like short choreography somebody kind of gets smacked to the ground and then we have to watch them get up. We have to get their reaction and then they go back into it. It, it turns into, you know, kind of American movie tropes that hmm. doesn't, it doesn't seem like it works here. Right. You know, um, I wouldn't attribute the, those like small pauses, those, those uh, release moments. I, I'll, I'll refer to them as release moments. Right. So like, you know, I, you can't have, constant action going on all at once like 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 without you know from start to finish you like you need moments uh, where you like both both characters or all the 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 opponents get into their corner of the ring and they gather themselves and you like the camera kind of zooms in on their face and you can kind of like put yourself in the, into their shoes and be like okay that was that round of the fight now we continue with the next one it's 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 important for a fight scene however like i do agree that like, we have a little bit too much of that going on in this fight because you know like a character is knocked down they they figure out a new way and then they, they continue and then you get another one get knocked down and they get, they get up again it happens a little bit too much yeah, so. yeah. I, I i agree like you do need those moments where it does feel a little bit more like a boxing match where somebody gets knocked down you know you take your time you know you're setting the pacing of the fight but there needs to be that moment where the momentum ramps up uh, and then you're just you're going along with it and you're riding it. The problem is this it, there's too many peaks and valleys with the momentum. It goes up for a little bit, right. short moments. You get some, you know, kind of nice wire work flips here and there or you get some nice pratfalls and then it just goes immediately down again and you're just waiting for the person to get back up. Sure. And sure. To see, and you're waiting to see what happens or then it just cuts to what's going on with uh, Kadeem and John and... I'm just, I, you know, like I, I, this is the last fight of the movie. I've always said this. I personally always feel that the last fight's got to be the best one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, or it should do something where it, you know, you end on this high note. And uh, while the motorcycle stunts were great, I liked a lot of the stunt work they're doing because you really do see people getting smacked with these motorcycles at, <laughs> yeah. at, at certain points. The the fight is not the best, or even like the second best. It's like mm -hmm. kind of it's kind of down there for me. Yeah, well, we we haven't had anything like that throughout the whole film, right? So in order for us to even have someone who could stand up to Mark Dacascus, it had to be set up to be another super soldier. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, like unfortunately, we're gonna have two characters who are super soldiery <laughs> who can do these like uh, fantastical things that no other character in the movie can do. 
I actually think my my problem isn't necessarily as negative as you know like the like as the way that you're portraying it. More for me, it's like it becomes off as more comedic rather than <laughs> serious. Like if uh, I, depending on which version of this you're you're watching, uh, I think the I think the scores are different as far as I can tell. Um, they are. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're different, right? Like one version of it, I don't, I can't tell for the life of me. One version of it comes off as a little bit more um, silly to me, and the other one comes off as more dire. And the one that's dire, like, I can't take seriously. <laughs> right, it, right. It, Like, the sillier version makes more sense to me because, um, you know, like, obviously the stakes are raised here more because, you know, like, uh, Mark Dacascus is finally taking on someone who can actually kill him. So, like, the stakes are raised, but because, like, they're both doing, like, these crazy, uh, uh, like, some, some of the, more, the, the wire work and some of the moves are a little bit, um, like, wuxia-like, it feels a little bit more comedic. Uh, you know like if, if i'm describing that correctly yeah i i, I can see I, I can see what you mean yeah. so there's there's a huge sin uh the movie commits so during this last fight so mark dacascus he takes a brooms he takes a broomstick you know he breaks it over his knee so he has a you know he's got the short range weapon and he starts using it against uh what's his name Masaya kato mm-hmm. and he's you know hitting his forearms you know some nice moments of choreography but then after he kind of breaks his sunglasses, he discards the weapon. Like, oh, yeah. why? You don't discard the weapon when you have your advantage. This is not an honorable fight. <laughs> well, that, I think that's what they're trying to go for. They wanted to make an honorable fight. But, yeah. but you know, it's, it's kind of weird because going into this, his character was like, no, you don't want to take on this guy. As if he didn't have his own confidence in the fight. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he develops his confidence out of nowhere. Like, wh- wh- well, where did this come from? <laughs> he developed the confidence because he got a weapon. <laughs> no, yeah, but then he discards the weapon, so so yeah, then it goes against that that theory. Right. <laughs> uh, man, like you know, like we get this really weird moment um, when he's about to smack the dude in the face with the broomstick, and we get this CGI moment with like these ripple effects. Oh like, yeah, like uh, the the air around him ripples. Yeah, I, I didn't it's, like that. It, it's weird. Uh, that's that's we needed more of that in the movie because this is the first time we see it and it it looks so biz- not bizarre it just it happens out of nowhere yeah right i i think if they if they kind of peppered that in earlier or implied mm-hmm. that he had the superhuman speed like that would have been fun that moment right. would have been fine sure, sure yeah like, like the one time use is kind of out of place i guess the, yeah. the, the way that i describe it so yeah like again i said before there's a lot more wuxia-esque things you know like wuxia ask not a necessarily bad thing but in terms of a movie like this it just it feels out of place because people are doing like triple flips out, out of one single jump and it's like well, how, no it's just triple twists out of a single jump it's like how how on earth are you doing that uh and you know like an, an issue that i you know like like that i have is you know like it, it feels like it doesn't fit in for the rest of the movie but again they're super soldiers that's fine that that's a completely okay uh there's this one moment <laughs> That I actually kind of like. It, it feels like it pays homage to like older, like much, much older uh, kung fu films, where like Mark Mark Dacascus gets, you know, he they trade blows. He gets punched in the stomach, and he 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 poses himself. He, he looks like he's ready to fight, and then he realizes after a fact that his he's bleeding from the mouth. Ah, uh, yeah. That's like a very like old school Hong Kong thing. It's like like it's, it, it's like the the delayed reaction. Yeah. Of of the pain. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I love in whole old school uh, martial arts films when like. You know, someone gets punched, and then like they're standing there in those poses, yeah. and then like after a split second, he's like, <laughs> and then <laughs> you know, the blood comes out. Yeah, that's essentially what happens here. Yeah, I mean, uh, here it, it's it's a lot more subtle. I like how they do it here. It just starts slowly leaking out of its mouth. Yeah, mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So uh, somehow Mark Dacascos gets Kato. Powered in up. A, yeah, he gets powered up. He gets him in a, uh, in a position where you know, he, has, he grabs the dude in a handstand. He grabs um, Kato in a handstand by the, mm-hmm. by the ankles. And he has him in, you know, in that position, and he does a kick. That that this entire move is lifted straight out of Drunken Master Two. Oh yeah, um, and you see that. But they throw in that white frame, <laughs> and the point and the moment where uh, Mark DeCosta is about to kick him in the face, you know, to, to deliver that move. There's that one frame of white there, or it, it looks like a phantom frame. Uh, to be honest, it looks like there's. Just... I, I don't. I don't think that was intentional for impact. I think it might be like a phantom frame. Mm. Yeah, it looks kind of weird. Like if you if you spot it in the movie, you you kind of see it. And obviously, yeah. the guy ends up you know, bleeding out of his mouth too. <laughs> that happens in every movie. Um, yeah, and then like there's a couple more phantom frames or like white flashes uh, when you know, now that Kato is losing the fight. Mark Dacascos is like delivering all these blows, you know, uh, against this scaffolding that just happens to be inside this bar for some reason. <laughs> uh, and uh, I guess because Kato is losing this fight. Uh, oh, yeah. He, and Mark Dacascos delivers the coup de gras, the final blow with this that wind up punch that you're talking that, like, about. Before. Yeah, that super wind up spinny hurricane move yeah. he has. It, it feels like he's doing a take on uh, Donnie Yen's like bolo punch almost. Only yeah, this yeah. is like. 10 times more silly <laughs> yeah <laughs> so now that kato's losing the fight uh so there's a nut there's like the main main bad guy right the the super villain of the movie who's pulling all the strings he doesn't do all the fighting he i guess through the magic of wi-fi or the magic of saddle satellite projection to power <laughs> him up remotely so he powers up the super soldier to max capacity he says uh like they ask him oh which what well, like what what uh how, which uh, attributes do you want to improve uh, so he can win the fight? And the guy's like, all, everyone. Uh, and the guy, and so the, the super soldier comes out of it. He's like all powered up like right now. And he's like Super Saiyan 50. Uh, and now he can, you know, blunt, like brunt all the, you know, all the, all the hits that Mark Dacostas can deliver on him. Uh, uh, I so, this. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I'm, this kind of harkens back to what we, we've said in the past. Uh, you want your you want your main character to win, or you want the tide of a fight to turn based off of like some sort of revelation, right? Like it could be subtle or it could be super super um, uh, obvious, but you want you want it to be like okay, like the the character figures something out, and we as an audience understand it, so they we've turned the tide and we're we're lo- we're on board with it yeah. here. Uh, he defeats the villain because the villain is overclocked and overheating. Yeah, that that's that's basically it. There was no strategy. He just well, the strategy was to def- was to defeat him one time. So then the you know the people controlling him turn up the juice and then miscalculate and they overpower him to the point where he just shuts down. Yeah, that's that's so lame. It's, it's so it, it it it's upsetting because you know like when you have the bad when you have the final fight, you want your hero to defeat him and you want it to feel earned, right? Yeah, like that's, sure. that's, that's how you like empathize or sympathize with them even more when that happens mm-hmm. here. He, he wins like on a technicality. And if this was a, you know, if this was an MMA, uh, pay-per-view fight, you know, they would be throwing bottles into the ring. Like, people would just be <laughs> yeah. booing. Yeah. That's, that's not entertaining. And, and that's exactly it. Mark Dacascos wins 
because he notices that his opponent is uh what like malfunctioning yeah. so he <laughs> he you know, he kind of does like the uh the underhanded thing which is like now that my opponent is n- distracted let me take a motorbike and slam him into a wall mm-hmm. uh, again very uh police story but it's like oh what and that ending didn't feel earned that's not how you end the fight scene yeah i so i kind of thought what was going to happen is i thought maybe he was going to like rip wires out of his neck or something kind of like he was a robot he was gonna you know his his power would start to drain and then that's how he would get his advantage back but no he just over he just the computer overheats (laughs) yeah Oh uh, man, that's so weird to end the movie that way because I think I don't have nothing else to say about this. Uh, they they leave the the bar. Well, I guess they leave the bar, and as they're leaving the bar, John, who lost the fight with Malik, uh, approaches them with a suicide vest, a suicide bomb on him, and he's about to press it. But they, the main characters get a hold of the bomb and they kick him down. And as they jump out of the bar, they detonate the bomb and, you know, off goes John and the whole bar to be, to, you know, uh, while we're at it. So everyone, all the bad guys are dead. Uh, Malik and uh, Mark Dacascus ride off into the moonlight? sunset. The moonlight? Yeah, they off into the moonlight. And that's it. That's it. Like, like what happened to... All the stories revolving around Malik, like what happened to his ex-wife, what happened to you know, like his what? his songwriting career, what happened to Brittany Murphy, that the character that was set up as his love interest. Yeah, what happened to that room of super soldiers? The other bad guy in Hong Kong, you yes, know, opened the door to. Yeah, the super villain, like yeah, he revealed you know like his his final shot is him revealing all these these other super soldier clones that he has, but he just you know nothing happens to that. Well, like, well it's it's sequel bait. That would have been like a post teaser credits sort of yeah, thing these days. That's true. That is very true. Well, nothing came of that. Yep. <laughs> and uh, that's the movie. Yeah, that is Drive. <laughs> yeah. Um, did that ending drive you insane? <laughs> it definitely did for me. Like that's that's not a way to end the movie, right? right. It, right it, it it feel it felt rushed. It felt extremely mm-hmm. rushed. Um, yeah. I mean, well, what, what are you gonna do? You know, like maybe Brittany Murphy's schedule didn't align <laughs> anymore. They couldn't go back to her, or they just you know ran out of time. That was week six. Yeah. Already true. by its point, I, I'm fine. Uh, it yeah. uh it it doesn't end on a high note, but I. For for me personally, the whole middle action scene I loved so much that like I I still think positively when I think of this movie now. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, ooh, I I wouldn't be able to rank this movie in terms of like like how well it stacks up to any other film that we normally do. But I I think I generally had a good time. Um, I I, I had a good time. I don't think this is like a masterpiece by any yeah. means. So that's like my general. Uh, recommendation for this film however it's very interesting i I find it interesting on a historical note because if you look back on late 90s hollywood martial arts movies uh you know this is definitely or like 90s martial arts movies in general this is this kind of like set a precedent in a lot of ways that you know hey you don't have to be jackie chan or, or even jet lee to really you know like raise the stakes when it comes to you know what a hollywood film can do like you can do something that's akin to what a Hong Kong action film can do mm-hmm. without, you know, jeopardizing a lot of like what Hollywood films can are capable of. So like you have the best of both worlds. And I, I like that about this movie. Uh there are problems with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you said it when there yeah, when there is an action, uh the story in between just drags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of drags and drags. There you know, I they try to develop the characters. Like I like that they 
the villain, uh, John, whatever his name is, John Piper Ferguson, he act, he's actually a character. He actually has a little bit of a personality, and it's kind of nice that he's just not generic. I want to kill you, bad guy. Like he yeah. he has like he has like little moments of personality here and there, and and it's, that's fun. You don't see that too often in a bad guy sometimes. Yeah, we didn't mention that in, in the review, but I, I did notice that too, and I appreciate that he wasn't just generic bad guy who's, uh, you know, like he's just all bad and nothing else. Uh, I did like that about him. Um, although in the although in the end, uh, you know, he still ended up being just all all around bad guy. Right. And and all uh, fun trivia: uh, the guy who plays the super villain, the, the guy who's pulling all the strings, uh, Mister um, Mister Hong Kong dude, uh, is played by the same actor who was the. Uh, Mr. Takomi, uh, Takomi, Takami, uh, in Die Hard. Mm. Eh, I just felt like pointing that out, you know, because that was a uh, played by Shigeru. Anyways, um, <laughs> so let's actually go back to the movie. Uh, yeah, I, I did overall like the film. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll go back and watch it, you know, like, just just for fun, you know, on my own free time. But overall, I do notice that there are issues with it. It's not flawless. Yeah. Uh, and you said it best before, which which is it does feel like a prototype for Rush Hour. And um, I know that some people might look at it as if like Rush Hour borrowed or even you know, might go as far as to say that they stole the idea. But I, I, I'm going to be more lenient on that. Like they feel like these are two like they're they're distinct enough. These two movies that they're, they're, they're very distinct, to be honest, like uh, Rush Hour borrowed what works in this movie and made it like made the movie as a whole work here i feel like because it's a prototype the things that don't work really don't work for me yeah. but the things that do work really work for me so i don't know it's like a half recommend at this point <laughs> um anyways so uh overall I, I do like the movie i think anyone who's a martial arts buff or fanatic should watch the film just because you know if they're at all interested in, in seeing martial arts film in a historical context especially in american cinema um should def- definitely check this movie out uh if you're want to see a mark dacascus movie that's uh, you know a good showcase of him i would also recommend the movie if you want to see mark dacascus being funny i don't recommend this movie <laughs> I'd say go watch John Wick 3. I think he's much funnier in that movie. Uh, and yes, you can totally watch the fight scenes without context. That's completely fine. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's everything I have to say about this film. Yeah, pretty pretty similar to you as well. Um, I, I liked a lot of little things going on in this movie. One thing we didn't touch upon is there is a TV show in the universe of this movie where <laughs> yeah. there's a frog who's also like a doctor and like it cuts to like the TV show every now and then. And I was so fascinated by that. Like I wanted to watch that TV show. So like the movie, the movie does things very, very cleverly. And it's, you know, like the writing is so kind of, uh, kind of interesting in some points, but then they for completely forgot to develop Mark Dacascus's character. Oh yeah. So that's where it's, it's a little, um, unbalanced uh yeah i i recommend it as a watch uh note that in between fight scenes it's gonna feel feel like a lull sometimes if, because i i didn't care about mark dacascus or any of these people but you know it's fine mm-hmm. uh i recommend the middle action fight scene i i think it's really good what they did uh and and the other fight scenes in general they all feel like hong kong fights it's just the last one for me personally where i where it was mark dacascus versus uh masaya kato that uh, just kind of let me down. Like I, it didn't do anything yeah. for me. But the stunt, but the stunt work with the motorcycles at the end are pretty good. So um, yeah, I, I, you can watch them. You can watch the fights out of context. 
but I think the movie uh, is so kind of bizarrely interesting and in certain areas that I think you could watch it too. Sure. So, uh, all right. So I guess we both recommend Drive with Ryan Gosling. Yes. That's uh, that's totally the movie we just watched. <laughs> There is an elevator fight in that movie, I think. I don't, you know, I, I like, I remember watching that movie and I liked it, but I don't remember a single thing about that movie. It was, it was David Lynch, right? No, no. No, who was, was that? Shit, I'm thinking of another movie. Ugh. That doesn't matter. Yeah. We're, we're not talking about Ryan Gosling right now. <laughs>